0: Hello podcast listeners and welcome to the 24th October 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Hong Kong got a bit of a shock last week when we woke up on Tuesday morning to find our underground or subway or as we call it the MTR was not functional. There were lines for buses and trains that were hundreds deep and many people just gave up and went back to bed until the morning traffic was over. And yet, while standing in this growing line of frustration, people calmly took it into stride, waiting patiently under their umbrellas in the dripping rain for some kind of conveyance that could transport them to wherever they were going. There were few raised voices and few complaints above a grumble. And while we're once again waiting for our once again efficient trains and buses this week, we'll be listening to a story from Katie, about her experience with things breaking down in a different way. After Katie's story, we'll have a poem by Betty Bonath titled, Mushrooms. But before we get to all that, a huge thank you goes out to our hometown listeners today. We always appreciate the time that you spend listening to us. Thanks also quote to listeners in Des Moines, Iowa and Senatobia, Mississippi in the USA. Dhaka in Bangladesh, and Kalkbrunn in Switzerland. We love knowing our stories are going straight into your ears. Our November show is coming up on the 10th of November at a different venue. This time we'll be in the JCQ at the new Cultural Heritage Centre of Taekwondo. That's because Hong Kong Stories' November live show is part of the 2018 Hong Kong International Literary Festival. Grab some tickets by following the link on the website www.hongkongstories.com But today, you'd better pull on your hiking boots and strap on your head torch because things are about to get seriously underground. From the July 2018 show with the theme of Wild Things, here is Katie.
1: We would have never survived if it weren't for Batman. But then again, he was the one that got us into this mess. It was 2011. I was living in the United States and my husband Blake had gotten me the birthday gift of a lifetime. A trip to Kentucky. (laughs) For the fried chicken? Yes. But also for one of America's most noteworthy attractions, Mammoth Cave. That is because five years prior, I had discovered my love of spelunking. That's caving, you dirty Brits. There's something about spelunking that I just loved. It was, you know, each time I would go into a cave, the deeper in I would get, the more of an adrenaline rush it was. I loved the darkness. I loved the quiet. I loved the danger. I loved spelunking. And so when we arrived in Kentucky, after getting the fried chicken, we went to the official Mammoth Cave Park. And as we walked from the very crowded car park, I very excitedly looked down at my adventure pants. You know, the ones with all those pockets and those little zip-off pant legs. And I really excitedly zipped and unzipped my pant legs like, Ooh! and I was so excited for the darkness, and I was excited to get dirty, and I was excited to really get into the cave and explore. However... That excitement was very short-lived when we arrived to a very crowded cave. All of the um, entryway was paved and the cave was lit up really brightly and there was like cordoned off areas so you could kind of see it, but you couldn't really explore it. I didn't get my darkness. I didn't get my quiet. I didn't get any danger. And my adventure pants stayed clean. I walked back to the car park, married, sadly zipping and unzipping my Adventure Pans. Blake, knowing that this was my dream birthday gift, quickly got on his phone and tried to look up something that was a little bit better. Oh, look, private three-hour tour. Experience real Kentucky spelunking. This looks legit. I very excitedly zipped up my Adventure pants, and we signed up for the next morning. When we arrived... This car park, empty. No sign. Are we in the right place? Suddenly, a very tall, lanky, wiry man in his 20s came out to the car park and waved us. Oh, okay. My name is Barnaby. But you can call me Batman. (laughs) Blake and I gave each other this look. Barton, Batman, brought us into a very small makeshift office and described for us what the cave tour would be like. He then gave us additional adventure clothes, a helmet with a headlamp, a little bag to carry our water, and a rope system so that we could go down these tight shafts. He also mentioned in a very hurried voice, if you need to use the toilet, go now. Uh, because it's a federal offense to pee in a cave, and (laughs) as Batman, I must uphold the law. (laughs) Noticing he was in quite a hurry, I said, it's only three hours, I'm good. We put on our hard hats, and we started to army crawl through this tight, cramped entrance. We had to turn on our headlamps, and as we crawled through the thick mud, all we could see was what was in front of us. It had only, Oh, and then as I was crawling, my adventure pant opened up a little bit, and there was a rock, and it scratched my knee, and my knee started to bleed. And it was only two minutes in, and I got darkness and danger. But quiet? was quickly interrupted when Batman, we learned why his name was Batman, shines a light. These are the silver-haired bats. You can tell because they have silver hair. Okay. Army crawled a little bit further into the cave. These are the flat-nosed bats. They're different because they have flat noses. (laughs) Okay, it wasn't long before we realized Batman was not an expert on caves. (laughs) He was an expert on bats, who just happened to live in caves. So he put up with the cave in order to see these precious bats. He was obsessed with them. And in two and a half hours, all we heard was bat this and bat that. The deeper into the cave we went, the more we knew about bats. Like, for example, did you know there's over a thousand kinds of bats? And did you know that a bat can eat its weight in insects using echolocation? <laughs> we do. It was getting really exhausting listening to all this bat talk, so I chugged my water knowing I only had about 30 minutes until the next toilet. But soon, there was more and more and more stories about bats, and my bladder started to indicate that it had been over a half hour. It started to feel full as if it had been maybe over an hour. Barnaby, um, are we going to be going back soon? I actually really have to use the toilet. You can call me Batman. Um, not exactly. What do you mean, not exactly? Okay, well, we were supposed to take a turn at the silver-haired bats, but there was only flat-nosed bats. And so, basically, I've been looking for the, silver no- the silver-haired bats for about an hour. So we're lost. You mean we're lost? You didn't think to tell us we were lost? Blake starts to get angry. He was just very politely putting up with Batman's shit this whole time, and now that we were lost, he had had it. Um, Yeah, we're lost, but I have an idea. I think I kind of know where the bats are, so you guys stay here, and I'll just crawl up ahead and find the bats, and then once I find them, I'll come back and get you but you're going to have to turn off your headlamps because um, you're going to need the batteries because I don't really know how long this is going to (laughs) take. Before we could even object, Batman starts army crawling away from us to search for his precious silver-haired bats. We did what he said, and we turned off our lights. Now we're sitting in the warm mud And it's completely dark, and we're watching Batman's headlamp go further and further away. It's getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until it's a pinprick of light. Then he turns the corner, and it's pitch black. I mean, I wanted darkness, didn't I? Now that Batman's gone, It's silent, no bat talk. I could hear my pulse in my ears. I mean, I wanted quiet, didn't I? And then I start remembering, we didn't tell anyone that we were going on this private cave tour. Everyone thought we were at the major mammoth cave. We didn't have phones, we didn't have food, We hardly had any water and we had a tour guide that was more interested in bats (laughs) than the cave. I wanted danger, didn't I? Oh my God, this is how we die. Oh my God, I can't believe this. Blake panics. (laughs) I mean, this guy's so fucking crazy with these bats, right? Like, he could kill us, right? Like, this could be part of his thing. Like, there's no way we're going to get out of this cave alive. He's going to find the bats, and he's going to forget completely about us. I quickly remember Blake never really enjoyed caving as much as I did. (laughs) So he's panicked. And I was trying really hard to stay calm. But I was quickly distracted by an urgency to pee. It had now been over five hours in the cave, and my bladder was completely full. I really have to pee, but I don't want to pee in the cave because it's a federal offense. Are you serious? He just left us to die, and you're worried about peeing in the cave? Just go. He's never coming back unless you want to keep the pee in a bottle, and we can drink it later when he never returns for us. So Blake realized he had to go too, so we army crawled to different areas of the cave and we both started to go. And I felt instant relief as soon as I started to pee. But that relief was shortly lived when I started to see a pinprick of light start coming back towards me. And I, I don't know about you, but like once I start going, Like, I can't stop, because I tried. And I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on, federal offense, federal offense, federal offense. And so (laughs) the light's getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And finally, it lights up the whole cavern. And just in time, I pull up my adventure pants and zip them, and I'm ready to go, crawl back over. Okay, I found the silver-haired pants. Follow me. I know which way to go. So we start army crawling out. Oh. Be careful, it's a little muddy here. (laughs) (laughs) The way out was through my pee puddle. (laughs) As I crawled out, I looked down at my adventure pants. Oh, they got dirty all right. They were filled with mud, a little blood, and a lot of pee. But it was the best birthday ever. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Out of the darkness now and back into the light. We hope you haven't been caught out like Katie was, and if you were, it wasn't quite as messy. Katie's told more than one story up on our stage, but she started like everyone else at a workshop. And you can too. We listen to all the stories told in the workshops and our hosts give feedback and advice on how to tell your story more effectively. Try it out, find out how, on hongkongstories.com. Today we have a poem for your listening pleasure from Betty Bonaf. Betty published her poem in Imprint 18, an anthology from the Hong Kong Women in Publishing. Mushrooms Sunset and a quiet shuffle shifts soil. Excitement blooms till born no more. Mother Earth rises in loamy clinks and clefts. A sigh here, a heave there, and so quiet. Overnight, they arrive. Neath a soft glow of moon in the velvety dark, they snuggle to the kiss of a cool summer breeze. Tonight, joy. Tomorrow, sorrow. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Our storytellers are all super cool, but so are our hosts. Every month, one of our core members volunteers. Hong Kong Stories is run entirely by volunteers to scout out eight storytellers and then to spend hours helping them to find the best way to tell their stories. For July's show, that amazing person was Kristen, and thanks go out to her for all her work. We loved hearing from you listeners. Tell us what you think about our stories by writing a review on iTunes. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. May your week be filled with timely trains, comfortable buses, and maybe a ding-ding or two.